This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. Hey now, welcome into show number 78 of the Pucknologist here on Teal Town, USA. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button on the UBTube, uh, hit the follow button on the Twitter and on the Instagram, and then, you know, iTunes, Stitcher, all the other things, SoundCloud, Spotify, all those things. Give us a, give us a review, give us something, give us some love. Uh, I am AJ underscore strong on the Twitter machine and with me. The one and only hockey jerk. Two weeks in a row, we made it. We're good. I'm blown away, <laughs> blown away by this. So uh, let's start off with our first topic here, uh, just uh, from the you know fresh out the box from the hot takery bakery. Uh, some fans now. This is a little off the beaten path. Some fans on social media are lamenting an announcement from the San Francisco 49ers who are raising ticket prices. I believe. $20 a piece, uh, but they're adding what they're saying, all-you-can-eat options. So they're going to bake in food to your ticket price. So there's evidently going to be some outlets, uh, some concessions that have food that I, I I don't know if you just go up there and show them your ticket and say, yeah, I want that or I want two of those or something. Uh, either way, something to keep an eye out on. We know that all the leagues are copycat leagues, and if somebody tries something and it works, everybody else is going to do it. So uh, look forward to five years from now when uh, you go to a Sharks game as a season ticket holder <laughs> and uh, you, you and want two hot dogs instead of one. There you go. <laughs> there, yeah, it's uh... – It'll be nice if you uh, if you re up your season tickets a month early. Uh, they'll give you extra Bud Light coupons. So oh, I thought you were going to be like they'd give you extra mustard or relish for the dog. But anyway, <laughs> well I don't know what is that thing they have Sauce Town Sauce Pad or Sauce Place yeah whatever the Sauce Station the saucery I don't <laughs> I <have> no <laughs> idea that's, but I think that's only specific to uh, the new chicken place I forget the well, name of it. Well, gosh darn it! What I if I what if I want barbecue sauce on they have it. my on my frozen custard? Then you got to walk your ass over to Love and Tenders and, <laughs> and throw it on there. Hey, I'm just thankful for any type of a sauce. My whole thing is, would it kill you to get some Tabasco sauce anywhere near the Philly cheesesteak stand? That's all I'm saying. Get, but, how about just get a new Philly cheesesteak stand? And that as well. Just saying, like. 20, 2014 was like the Goldilocks zone for cheesesteaks at the tank. and Oh, it so was. Oh, um, man. Let's get to around the NHL. A uh, couple of quick ones for you. Uh, after starting the season at 3-1 and one and giving their fans a ton of hope, the Red Wings have dropped seven straight, so good on them. Uh, Drew Ann scored twice in a 5-2 victory over the Maple Leafs, so, of course, Sportsnet opened with talk about Austin Matthews. Is he becoming like the new Sidney Crosby? Is he just like the poster boy? Is this like maybe just a, the the Sidney Crosby of Canada, so to speak? I it could be. I mean, eh, well, let's, especially with with the fact that 
he also plays for the Leafs. I think you have to take into account. I mean, there's a reason why Sportsnet is called Leafsnet and TSN is <laughs> and TSN is called the Toronto Sports Network because it's very Leafs heavy. But with Austin Matthews, I think uh, yes. To answer your question, yes. But I don't really know why because on a totally side note, I don't know if you listened to any of the TSN podcasts, but. Craig Button was pretty vocal in saying that people should stop viewing Austin Matthews so highly. Oh, so. and started pointing at Drysaddle, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, well, either way, uh, Brendan Dillon in the last couple of games has laid out two massive hits: one on Austin Matthews, one on Duclair, and Twitter lost their mind on the hit for Austin Matthews, and not a peep about the hit on Duclair. So, I think that says a lot right there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> in case you didn't, uh, if you weren't aware, and based on Twitter, a lot of people weren't, did you know there was an outdoor game this weekend <laughs> between <laughs> Calgary and Winnipeg? Uh, it certainly would have been nice if the NHL had let people know about it. Uh, <laughs> I, w- I want to see the ratings on this because usually it's promotion overload. Now, <laughs> Maybe it wasn't as much because it was two uh, you know, Canadian teams with Calgary and Winnipeg. Maybe they're like, eh, you know, I don't know how much we need to push this towards the U.S. market on a Saturday night, blah, blah, blah. Still, you kind of go, you know, when is the NHL let go of an opportunity to just add yet another commercial? I don't, you know promoting their own stuff anyway um, yeah I, I I think with that I mean I, I like that the NHL I like the fact that they did it the third weekend of of the season I think it's nice because it it coincides with like Canadian Thanksgiving and I know they're really they were they were really I, I actually I did know there was a game and I watched it it was very good uh, <laughs> they they really celebrated like Canadian indigenous peoples which I thought was really cool so I think I think the NHL's execution on that front, I think is perfect. It's definitely something they should do. But like to your point in terms of advertising it and running a commercial, like do that stuff like way sooner. Like everybody talks about how boring August and September is for hockey. Why not be like, Hey, open your eyes. Cause we got an outdoor game in two months and it's going to kick off the season. And it's all great. And I remember the same thing happening uh, three years ago when the Oilers and Jets played in the Heritage Classic. It was like, oh, there's a game outside today? What the hell? <laughs> now, yeah, remember, we're also talking about a league that uh, the last All-Star game that they had, uh, that rem- if I remember correctly, like they didn't get All-Star merch into the store until about a week before the game was being played. So, yeah, Well, they- and, and you know, anybody who lives in San Jose can tell you there wasn't a single piece of signage until that Monday. Exactly. So, anywho, uh, another thing that came out, uh, I want to say this from the Hockey News, I should have written that down, Uh, but a whole thing of, have we reached critical mass when it comes to NHL arena attendance? Uh, You know, are fans finally being priced out? Six of the seven Canadian NHL clubs failed to sell out home games over the last week, and buildings around the league that are normally filled haven't reached capacity this season. Like have have is it a case of they've or you know or like I don't want to say like perfect storm but is it just a case of they've finally reached their threshold or there's just other entertainment dollar opportunities out there and people are saying eh, I'm gonna check out something else I mean what do you think I mean I, I I can't speak for really the only two teams I can speak for are San Jose and Vegas but like I know with those two teams with San Jose specifically like. 
Yeah, the Sharks have been very successful, like generally speaking, but in terms of Stanley Cups and, you know, winning when it counts, uh, it, it hasn't really been all that terrific. And it seems like the prices go up every year and there's 1,800 different, you know, price points. You know, if you pay $3 more, you can have, you know, a row where there's not spilled beer versus, <laughs> you know, stuff like that. So. Well, that, <laughs> it also I, seems to have coincided with the reverse sweep. You yeah, know, you're uh, you're 100 percent right. You would have thought that uh, a couple of years later, a run, a cup run, maybe would have had an impact, but it really, I don't know that it it necessarily has. And and for Vegas, I you know, I don't think that you can judge Vegas at this point because it's still brand new and shiny. Let's oh, talk about yeah, but I'm saying it's it's hard to use them as a comparison, a legitimate comparison when. First off, you know, destination city, that's one thing, but it's it's the idea of it's brand new and shiny. The, you know, the Sharks were selling out every game but a bajillion different ways when they first came into the league. Let's, right. So, but it's all the other teams aside from Vegas. That That's still the new shiny, you know, toy. But it's just, I'm wondering, and, and it'll be interesting to see what happens between now and, and the next year or two when you because prices only go up so i don't know something to keep an eye on put a pin in it people uh let's move on to the sharks after week three. Oh my lord last time we spoke to you the sharks had dropped a game actually the first of a home and home to buffalo and since then the sharks have gone one two and one with a second straight loss to buffalo this time in overtime picking up a charity point a victory in montreal because for some Ooh. reason uh <laughs> how does it go again <laughs> Montreal can't beat the Sharks. There you go. Uh, and the Sharks can't beat Buffalo, so it's a fun deal. Uh, <laughs> and it also included losses to Toronto and Ottawa. Again, for some reason, with the exception of Montreal, the Sharks can't win in like in the Northeast for some reason lately. Um, so why can't the Sharks beat Buffalo? 12-7-4 all time. And what the hell were LeBanc and Meyer thinking in overtime, but Couture would drop the hammer on them after a 4-3 loss. And since then, LeBanc seems to have picked up the pace. He scored three goals in the last three games where, um, where's Meyer? Um, to be determined. I am unsure. I am definitely, unsure. definitely not with the team, I'll tell you that. Ooh, hey now. Uh, Montreal, Dell would get the start stop 35 of 37 as Kane would drop two on the power play, nearly a third on the power play begging, uh, or had me begging the question, has a shark player ever scored a hat trick where all three came on the power play? And the answer I got was no. So we came this close in a four, two win. Uh, why can't Montreal beat San Jose? <laughs> Uh, Carey Price is a bum, and their <laughs> and their their building is stupid. And, no, I'm just kidding. You know, I, I I think it's the same thing as why San Jose can't beat Buffalo. It's just it has to do with I don't know luck, the the quirk of the schedule, fatigue at certain times. I don't know. I don't think there's a real like 
you know, mystical <laughs> reason for it. I just think it's one of those things where it keeps happening enough times to where you sense a pattern, but <laughs> I, I feel don't know. Like it's, it's like Mark Edward Vlasic. Okay. If we only win one game, you assholes, it better be against <laughs> these guys. <laughs> and, and it's, it's very interesting too, because I, because obviously Carey Price is a really, really good goalie, but I feel like whenever he plays the Sharks, I feel like they make him look very pedestrian. Yeah. I think it all started, if you remember back to March of 2008, I know I do, there was a certain individual who played defense and scored a spinorama goal on Carey Price, and I think from Ooh. that point, I think his feelings might be hurt. Oh, that, oh all right. Uh, invoking a little soupy, I like that, but I, don't, I mean, Montreal hasn't won in San Jose since last century, <laughs> literally. It's a, great, it's a great time to be alive, isn't it? Uh, right? Uh, and of course in that game, uh, social media lost their mind to a certain extent because Tim Heat only played three minutes <laughs> really quick. Was I alive the last time Montreal won in San Jose? I am unsure. <laughs> Do you know what year that was <laughs> to be determined? <laughs> <laughs> so we go over to Toronto. Uh, they raised a banner and retired Marlowe's number. First 1500 game as a shark. I'm only kidding. Uh, LeBanc o- opens the scoring in a 4 1 loss. The Sharks take five penalties, which seems to be a theme. Uh, as I stated earlier, Brendan Dillon. Really got a good hit in on Austin Matthews, but Twitter went crazy, clearly forgetting what happened in the playoffs last season when it came to hits and what was let go. Uh, And it was just funny to see some people on the Twitter machine expecting, not even questioning, some expecting Dylan to get supplemental discipline. What did you think of this hit? Uh, It's tough because it does look like Dylan gets him in the face a little bit. So I think you could probably argue that there's a penalty there for maybe like two minutes for head contact. And then that's the end of it. But I don't, I don't think there was an, in, any intent to injure there. I think it was a matter of just two. Cause you think Dylan and Austin Matthews are two, both very big guys. And I think it's a matter of just two guys just colliding. And I mean, I don't really have anything else to say on it. I, I can understand where Leafs fans are coming from where it might look a little sus, but I don't think there was any intent to injure there. Well, I totally agree with you. And even the, you know, I was listening to the Toronto feed on that game when that hit happened. And even them, you know, they were saying, you know, look, that just, that looked like a solid hit to us. Uh, You know, Austin comes in with a head of steam, has his head down. It happens. Keep your head up. So, yeah, which is exactly how I feel about it. Yeah. And then finally we finish off with Ottawa. Uh, Dell. Aaron Dell would get the start and would get pulled for the first time in 63 starts and a 5-2 loss. The Sharks would score one 5-on-5 goal, yet allowing five 5-on-5 goals. (laughs) And to top it all off, Eric Carlson and Brendan Dillon would finish this game with a minus four. And in the comments after the game, DeBoer was asked, you know, Dylan and EK, they were both a minus four in this game. Do you think being in Ottawa was any kind of a distraction? And PDB very quickly said, this isn't the only place they're minus. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. It it was weird to... And and what's funny is that the interview like ended very abruptly after that. (laughs) And and, and, and DeBoer was just stone-faced. So it was really hard to gauge like, 
was he thinking that that was a silly question or was it him kind of like calling out his defense? Yes. <laughs> All those things. <laughs> All the above. I mean, yeah, it is a dumb, well, I don't know. I think it's a dumb question. And, and I thought it was like, if you watched tonight's game on, on Comcast sports or NBC sports, well, let's say they, the Ottawa game. Yes, sorry, the Ottawa game versus the Sharks. They were a lot of pregame. They're saying, "Oh, Eric Carlson back in his forever home again," and blah blah blah. And I'm like, "Yeah, he did this last year. Like, can we move the f on, please?" So I think in that respect, I think it was. I don't want to say a dumb question, but if he was, if I got asked that question, I'd probably be. I'd probably honestly say next question. But <laughs> it's <a> clown <laughs> question, bro. Yeah, seriously. Uh, but at the same time, yeah, hundred percent. It's. I mean. Dylan and Carl, they're they're supposed to be one of the, they're supposed to be the top pair if you're thinking about it from a dollar perspective, and and being that minus is unacceptable, and they have been minus in other games as well. So I I think it was Peter DeBoer saying like, hey, you're our top pair, you need to do more things, right? Oh well, uh, prior to the Ottawa game, uh, the Sharks have been outshot in six straight games. Uh, 23 or less shots in four of those six. And, uh, you know, I'm <laughs> looking at the numbers here. Since the Chicago game, since the return of Patrick Marlowe, in that game, uh, San Jose outshot Chicago 34 to 30. Since the, then they played six straight and lost the battle of the shot on goal clock in every one of those games. Uh, you know, they did pick up three victories and three losses, but the, either way, it's just one more, you know, log on the fire that fans are pouring gasoline on right now that are calling out this team. And right now, the combined, or well, I should say coming into Ottawa, the combined plus minus for Vlasic, Burns, and Eric Carlson was a combined minus 23. And both Burns, and at least at that point, uh, I believe, uh, I can't remember who else, but 80... Burns and Eric Carlson, if they're not top two, they're one and three for leading the league in time on ice. Yeah, one and three. Yeah, so do you know who uh, took over the spot? Because when I checked it a couple days ago, it was Burns and Carlson, one and two. If I had to guess, it's probably, number two is probably Connor McDavid, only because... No, no, it's a defender. Oh, defenseman? Then maybe Morgan Riley? Nope. Or... No, I think your name started with a C. Okay, See. I don't want to get. I don't want to get into the whole thing. I'll here. look it up. You there you go. Uh, but either way, uh, it just comes down to the fact: the Sharks are twentieth and five on five scoring. Uh, after the Ottawa game, they now have a minus twelve goal differential, yet still having the league's best penalty kill. And last we checked, an eighth on the power play. However, in only nine of thirty-six periods played, the Sharks haven't allowed a goal. And their shot on goal differential has the team at 30th in the league at minus 47. Who's, so, who's the defender? So Burns is now number two. Carl is number three. Number one is Thomas Shabbat, who's on Ottawa. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I knew it started with a C, though. <laughs> yeah. And, and he he's averaging uh, 26 and a half minutes a night, which if you've seen Ottawa's roster and how they play on every other night besides ten, tonight against the Sharks, you know why he's playing 26 and a half minutes a night. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, yeah. 
hey, when the Sharks get back Shimmick, maybe that changes a little bit. Maybe they're it's time and, to see Shimmick. Yeah, and you know, I don't. I, I felt like is it just me or did we were we all kind of told like in September that oh Shimmick, you know, he'll he'll probably take very little part in training camp or whatever, but he should be, you know, ready. If not by the opener in Vegas, he should be ready for the home opener in San Jose. Did I make the, like, am I creating that in my mind or did, does that sound familiar? I, I think I'm going to, I'm going to dig back a little bit. I, I think it all stems from, uh, when he was initially injured, because if you, if you look at what the shark said, they say, Oh, uh, Radim Shimek is having a procedure to repair damage to whatever ligament it was. And in my head, I'm thinking, okay, they're just repairing damage. Maybe there's a slight tear. Maybe they got to clean up some some scar tissue or something like that. And and it's not a big deal. But then as the summer goes on, all of a sudden, it seemed like that ligament was you know more torn than we originally thought. And so I think I think the the um, Opening night thing, I definitely heard it communicated too, but I think that was kind of based on the severity of his injury not being super severe. And I'm, if it's a matter of just being careful, I'm fine with it. And you know, I funny you I, bring I, that up because I was wondering. Yeah. I'm like, I wonder if they're being overly cautious after what Jumbo went through the previous two years. Yeah, with Jumbo Joe, and even I know, um, I know our buddy Chris JWS has had some knee surgeries as well. So if anybody. Yeah, I was gonna say if anybody would know about rehabbing, it's definitely him. And I know I've had a couple family members who've had stuff like that as well. And especially if you're like it's like we talked about last week, right? It's one thing to recover from an injury, and then it's a whole nother thing to get back into game shape. Yeah. Well, and funny you should mention that because it was reported earlier today that uh evidently Shimmick is back in San Jose and and, and uh I don't I haven't seen anything official that he's been put with the Barracuda, but it was explained that he will go on a conditioning stint with the little club. And so just to let you know, the Barracuda do play this coming Wednesday, a bizarre quirk in the schedule where they play at 11 (laughs) a.m. Sure. (laughs) Okay. Have, uh, I don't know, skip out for lunch if you can, I guess, and catch a little bit of Barracuda hockey. Then they play on Friday and then they play again on Sunday. So, you know, game off, game off, game Makes me wonder if Shimmick will play in all three of those to get him going again. Who knows? But he probably. And I mean, for the AHL standards, that's a pretty favorable schedule as well. You've got Wednesday, Friday, Sunday. You know, if you you look a lot of a lot of weekends in the AHL, especially last season, and you get a lot of Thursday, Saturday, Sunday games all against the same team. So, <laughs> well, and these pretty- the in in this it's it's hosting Bakersfield at Stockton and then hosting Tucson. So. Yeah, there you go. It, it pays off. It pays off to be in a division where everybody is five or less hours away by car. With Tucson? <laughs> well, okay, whatever. California. I, I want to drive what your car. Guys. I want to drive what California. Car you have. I forgot about Tucson. Forget those guys. <laughs> All right. Uh, so let's see here. Um, hey. <laughs> It's not looking good, people. We're 12, 12 games into this shit show. It is not looking good, people. So can the Sharks use a friendly November schedule to climb back? Uh, you know, if L.A. isn't doing as poorly as they did last year, the Sharks are in the bottom of the Pacific. They're close to the bottom of the division. But the good news, I guess, is after going to Boston to face the hottest goalie in the NHL, uh, so I'm sure that'll work out swimmingly, the Sharks will get eight of nine 
9 of 11, 11 of 15 in November at the tank. And this is the first time I can remember in forever that there is no travel for the Sharks around Thanksgiving. Like I remember the last couple of years, it was play, generally playing Vegas the day after Thanksgiving or the day before or something Which, like that. It's funny that you say that because I think they actually do play Vegas the day after Thanksgiving, but it's at home, I want to say. No, right. This year? Yes. No, no, no. They play Vegas the week. They play at Vegas the week before Thanksgiving. Okay. Yeah, I knew I was kind of right. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, they play, one... they play Winnipeg the night before Thanksgiving, and then they, they play L.A. the day after Thanksgiving. So, And when I say the day after, I mean it's a 1 o'clock start. So... <laughs> uh, <laughs> so anyway, uh, interesting scheduling quirk there, but how, you know, do the sharks take advantage of this, you know, friendly home, home friendly schedule of November? I mean, 11 of 15, that's, that's pretty nice. And when you consider it, the four games that they do play away from SAP, they're all in division and they're all in this, in the same time zone, Anaheim, Vegas, LA, Arizona. Well, okay. I might be wrong about Arizona. I, I always forget when are they at the same, when are they an hour ahead and when are they the same as us? I always they're, forget. They're an hour ahead. Uh, during the so, winter, right? Yeah. No, I mean, during the summer, right? No, during the winter. Oh yeah. Because we ahead. fall back. Yes. Okay. And then in the time change happens after it occurs before this. So, so it will be the same time, right? No. No, so they'll be they'll be an we, hour and a half when we play the Coyotes. I believe it's the twenty eighth of November. 30th. They'll be in thirtieth, whatever. <laughs> they'll be an hour ahead of us. <laughs> yeah, but big deal. It's again, it's also the last game of this friendly November. Yeah, and and you know what too, like like you said, eleven of fifteen in November. Like y- your question was, can they use a friendly schedule to climb back? I sure as hell hope so because <laughs> That's what I'm saying, man. Because it's it's been long talked about, and you know, you and I have obviously covered this team and this sport for a long time. Uh, there's not enough that can be said about you know getting some home cooking, right? Mm. Eleven of fifteen, like I I don't want to say look out for it, but it, it, I'm really crossing my fingers and and you know saying a couple you know prayers that the sharks. Yeah, you know, it's that the Sharks get like a five-game win streak in this time because, you know, you're – if for no other reason than to give your fans something to be happy about, you know, especially around the holidays. Like do you want to – especially that, that game against the LA Kings at 1 o'clock. Do you want to like get all pissed off at your family on Thanksgiving and then go watch the Sharks lose? Probably not. <laughs> Probably not. Uh, yeah, and during <laughs> that uh, stretch of 11 or 15, eight of them are divisional games. So making up those points, the sharks are four points out of a playoff spot. The uh, contrary to what you may have read on Facebook, the season is not over. <laughs> oh, more toxic Chernobyl in the eighties or the sharks fan Facebook page. You make the call. <laughs> uh, well, uh, I am unsure. I'll say, I'll, I'll, I'll say this. Ch- uh, Chernobyl has a solution to clean up the toxicity. <laughs> That's what I'll say on that subject. Oh. Man, I mean, I'm not I'm not the biggest Facebook user. Very coquito and this, little. And this is a large reason why. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But but it, oh, man, it's it's like uh, it's it's it's. 
I, you know, it's ineffable. It's ineffable. Like (laughs) (laughs) it's, yeah, it's, it's funny to sit there and look at the, some of the stuff on sharks, the sharks fan Facebook page, just because you, you just see so much contradiction. (laughs) (laughs) It's just so funny. You know, uh, the game versus Ottawa have to be, I can't believe Eric Carlson and Brendan Dillon suck. Minus four. I can't believe how bad they hung Jones and Dell to out to dry in this game. And then the immediate post right after that. Jones and Dell freaking suck. You know, Eric Carlson and Dylan are so awesome. I can't believe they can't stop a you know, it's just the 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 contrarian, the just all the contradiction. It's <laughs> it, well, and, it, it and, gives and, you a headache. And you know what? And I watched the game against the Ottawa Senators, like goaltending <laughs> yes dell would you like dell to have those absolutely 100% but i think from a game perspective <laughs> goaltending was the should be the least of their worries because i'll tell you <laughs> the only the only sharks forward who didn't mail it in against ottawa was lebank and probably gambrell as far as i'm concerned everybody else wasn't even on the ice i thought kane looked had kane spurts just start yeah kane looked well but like now I, I'm not, I'm not <laughs> and gonna... maybe you noticed Gambrell more because he was playing center. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and I'm not I'm not going to be one of those people who says that you need some guy who's going to just beat the crap out of everybody and and do all that stuff. But when when DeBoer said that the team needs to be more physical, I agree with him. How many times do you see somebody on the opposing team? I saw it especially with Ottawa tonight, where. They'll go in the corner to get the puck, and I'm watching the game in my head thinking, I'm like, okay, you got to hit this guy here. Even if you don't, like, obliterate him, at least bump into him or, or brace against him. But no, they pull up or they go around the net, and I'm just like, lay into him. Yeah. Like, Barkley Goodrow, Timo Meyer, Evander Kane, and Brendan Dillon, those are the only four guys who I see do that. Everybody else couldn't be bothered to engage. And I'm like, that's why the Sharks never have the puck, because they just let the other team work it in the corner. Like, like I said, you don't have to murder the guy into the glass. Just brace him or bump into him, and it's going to force him to push the puck to somebody else, and chances are it's not going to get to somebody else. It's going to get to your teammate. Yeah. No, I, I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, six foot five, 230, Brent Burns hit somebody once in a while. Yeah, and, and it, it's— I'm not saying like, go out of your way. See, now, this is the whole yeah. thing, and this is, this is why these shows, I swear to God, are taking longer and longer to do because— Every time we say something, it gets to, it gets extrapolated and taken out of complete context of where the point that we were actually trying to make. So let me just put this here before you start, you know, getting your thumbs super ready on Twitter. Okay, I'm not saying Burns should be headhunting. I'm not saying Burns should just like f- completely forget being the offensive weapon he can be. I'm saying. If the opportunity presents itself to lay a hit, I think he should take. I don't know how how much more simply I can put it that way without somebody misunderstanding it or taking it to some place that I never even thought of. Yes, and 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 let's also clarify too. We we are not of the group who yell hit somebody when the sharks <laughs> when, the sharks, when the sharks have the puck. <laughs> Like that that's not what we're saying. And and like I said, you don't have to kill the guy. Even if he's if he's in the corner with the puck, just you know let him know you're there. 
yeah, brace into him. That you know, say like prime example is any time which it's happened very little, but any time Mario Ferraro has had to bail somebody out on a turnover or turned it over himself, he'll push his guy, the guy who has the puck to the outside, and he'll brace against him, and the guy loses the puck. That's it's. I mean, I've never played in the NHL, I've never coached in the NHL, but I, I'm pretty sure we know what we're talking about here. I mean, I've watched some hockey. <laughs> hey, speaking of which, you bring up uh, Mario Ferraro, and I posted something earlier today, and I just said, you know, hey, hear me out. Pair Ferraro with Brent Burns. I'm down. See, now, and the reason why I say this is because, as you said, Ferraro, he does have a little bit of a physical, uh, or I should say physicality to his game, but the thing is, he's speedy, mm-hmm. and and I think he is more defensively aware than people give him credit. And I think him and, you know, and it is a righty-lefty match, which we know PDB just lives for. So I kind of like that that blend. And along with that, I'm kind of thinking, you know what? Maybe we need to put Vlasic back with Eric Carlson. Now, it, it didn't work at the beginning of last season for quite a stretch, and it was tried, and then for some reason Dylan and Eric Carlson found a groove for a while. Well, you know, Stella lost her groove. <laughs> <laughs> Carlson and Dylan don't seem to be working out. Now, granted, uh, you know, we're, we're not going to sit here and point everything at plus minus, but, you know, uh, the fact of the matter is it's, it's not good right now. And hell, we've tried every other combination at the uh, on forward. Might as well jumble up the defense while we're at it. But I don't have a problem with that. And then maybe you have what Dylan, who does that leave? Then Dylan and Heed. I don't have yeah, a problem with that. They've, they've played together before. Exactly. I, I think honestly, and, and I make this joke pretty frequently, but I think you could pair Dylan with like, a shooter tutor and he'd play fine. Yeah, absolutely. Like, you could play Dylan with anybody. And I want to say really quick, a slight little detail because you said Mario Ferraro is a really good skater. If you want a good idea of how good Mario Ferraro skates, go to a game and sit parallel to the blue line and watch when this guy starts skating backwards. I swear his feet look like they're not supposed to move or bend that way, but he's just like so <laughs> silky and just like, ridiculous like he can like start skating backwards just at the drop of a hat and it's like fast and it's smooth and he can push it to the outside or he can get up and block a shot he can lead the rush like it's such a small detail like that everybody you think should be good at but like his skating is really exceptional yeah and and so i i would at least i'd be interested in seeing him with burns right and especially for a, a few shifts or something uh, and then <laughs> the thing that popped into my head was because um, <laughs> you're talking uh, silky smooth. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, for uh, my whole thing is Dylan. I think, like you said, you can put him anybody with anybody, and it would probably work because of w- just his game has gotten so much better. So let's, as Sharks fans, enjoy this final season or these final games that he plays before he's traded for an offensive weapon. <laughs> <laughs> since this team can't score five on five like I, that's what i'm 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 nervous that someone that we're gonna see a move i yeah. don't you know i don't think that as much as DeBoer's seat might you know maybe it should be a little warm right now yeah well i mean the dude signed an extension over the offseason multi-year 
And who, who else are you going to blame it on? You know what I the mean? Pl- the players? Yeah, but you can't fire all the players. I mean, we know this. This is what happens in every sport. You can't fire all the players. You can't certainly can't get rid of the guy that you just gave a $92 million contract to. You can't, I mean, who else, uh, you know, and everybody else that wa- that is wanted has a no move or a no trade clause. <laughs> I mean, who, how, what's going to happen? And not to mention the fact that the Sharks have like a donut for cap space right now. Yeah, I it's, mean. I just don't know where we go at this point. That's the, that's the, the maddening thing about it. Now, that said, um. Leon Bergman has three point or four points in three games with the CUDA uh, scored in the last game. Uh, scored in the last two games, actually. Maybe we see him called back up and Gregor goes back down. Who knows? Um, it's I don't you know. know. I think. Look, <laughs> I think I said this when the Carl. I might have said this before the Carlson deal was announced. I'm pretty sure I've said it afterwards. Is it was going to take me a little while to sit on this because my initial thought was, I don't like this. I don't like this deal. I think Doug Wilson put all of his cookies in one jar and, and you can always make that argument that everybody seems to make as well. Somebody else is going to give him that deal. Fine. Let somebody else give him all that money. I don't care. My whole thing is you, that $92 million, $11.5 per year, that could have went a long way to whether it was keeping Nyquist, whether it was going after other people. I'm just saying that we're all bitching and complaining about five-on-five five scoring that these guys can't, you know, this ridiculous shot-on-goal differential, the ridiculous goal differential. They're not scoring. Did you, th- you know... Pavelski. And again, let me just put it out there. No, I am not expecting Pavelski to put up 38 goals again. Okay. I wasn't expecting that, but (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say, however, statistically, if you look at it, he was good for like over 30 goals for like the last six years. So where are you going to get those other, those 30 goals from? Where are you going to get the 20 goals that Don Scoy and Nyquist posted last season? It's the same thing. Like we all said, where do you replace the 27 goals that Patrick Marlowe took with him when he went to Toronto? Like, you know, and what happened? Well, you had guys like Meyer and LeBanc step up. No one is stepping up to fill the void that Pavelski and Nyquist and Donskoy left. And it's, you know, is, is Eric Carlson a generational talent? Sure. Okay. Everybody keeps banging that drum and that's fine. Yeah. He's an awesome defenseman. It's funny that all anybody ever talks about is his offense for being a defenseman. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> it's it just makes me I don't know. It, you know, fine. You know, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. That's whatever. And I hope I am. I hope I am. I hope that two years from now, Carlson is is you know is, is working on his second Norris Trophy, his second consecutive Norris Trophy. And the dude like sets a record for points scored by a, by a defenseman this season. I hope so. I'm rooting for the guy, but you have to consider the fact that fans, to a certain extent, are going to be upset when 
he has mistakes and those mistakes are good. like everybody makes mistakes i get that but not everybody is getting the most money to play defense in the nhl only one guy is so those that contract is going to magnify his mistakes you have to understand that from that regard now he's high risk high reward you know is the risk worth the reward remains to be seen what what's your take i mean after after what we've seen so far you get rid of what would be a second line on almost any team in the NHL, probably not Vegas, but anybody else. <laughs> uh, but, I mean, what do you take from it now? I mean, do you think fans have a right to be kind of like, you know, maybe they spent their money in the wrong place? Well, a- absolutely fans have the right. And I think now, I think to extern- a <laughs> they certain have the extent. Right. They might be wrong, but they have the right. No, <laughs> <laughs> I, no I, I think to a certain extent they are, they are right. I mean, now, I I think I like Eric Carlson, even though which is kind of funny because when Eric Carlson was on Ottawa, I wasn't really a fan, and I've grown to like him. And I feel like it's the flip side where if you go, I remember Twitter two summers ago where everybody's like, "Yeah, when the Sharks trade for Eric Carlson, everything's good." And I'm like, "Are you an idiot? That's never happening." And and it did. And I feel like I feel like I all of a sudden am like his biggest defender, and everybody is like, "This guy's a bum. He needs a haircut. He gets minus all the time." Like. I could give a I, damn about his hair. <laughs> right. But my my point being is like I fans definitely have the right, but I just I don't know. I I was I Wouldn't was that very be surprised. Funny? That's how we need to deal with with Sorensen, who seems to have disappeared <laughs> lately. It's like, okay, for every game you don't get a point, we we're cutting an inch off. You're gonna be bald by the end of the week. Knock it off. <laughs> uh, I like I don't know. I I was definitely surprised when Eric Carlson re-signed because I didn't think he was a player that I. the Sharks needed to keep when you consider they already had Brent Burns. However, yeah. like if if the defense can get dialed in the way that the salary cap and the personnel should be, then I'm going to shut up because it's going to be the best defense in the league. But I think until it gets dialed in, I think people are going to complain about bringing Eric Carlson back, and I think they have a right to. But that said, I... Like even if Eric Carlson didn't come back and the Sharks have all this cap space, Pavelski's not coming back because they don't want to give him three years. Yeah, no, is not, not coming back because he's just bad. And well, Nyquist, he's just bad. But if Donskoy was on this team right now with the same stats, he'd be like I think but uh, he, he, he he'd fifth have, on the team in scoring. He wouldn't. He wouldn't have the same stats though. Yeah, of course. And and I I still stand by it. I I will not shut up about it. The Sharks could have brought Gus Nyquist back with the space and roster size they have right now today. They could have brought him back, and he didn't come back. So, the Sharks. And how I mean, how how good of a piece would that be right now? How bad do the Sharks oh, need be help huge. on right wing? Like I was like, and I'm still a little a little pressed that he didn't come back. But the Sharks could have made it work, and it didn't work. So I think. People need to stop saying, oh, well, these guys could have resigned if Eric Carlson didn't. No, nothing is for certain. You could have all the cap space in the world, but if a player thinks your team is a dump, he's not going to sign there. Yeah. And I'm not saying not saying that Pavelski, Nyquist, and Donskoy think San Jose is a dump, but I'm just saying you can – like if I say, you know, here, AJ, here's a million dollars. Can you come do X, Y, Z for me? If you don't want to do X, Y, Z, you're going to tell me to take the money and toss it. You know yep. what I mean? Mm-hmm. I get so, it. so I, I get it's, it. it's it's tough. I Eric, every, Eric Carlson deserves criticism, but I don't think we should all the like we you know twelve games in be like, well, we should have never signed it, and this, that, and the other. Because 
you know, logic would say it's going to turn around. It would say that, see, the, the thing is, I don't know. I, I just get tired of, uh, I don't know, the uh, defender, the, the, def- the excuses, I guess. But then some, like, oh, well, he's, you know, he's a new dad. He just had a kid. Give him a break. And, and, he, and I get it. Yeah, he's human. He's going through, you know, stuff that's brand new and, and it's super duper awesome for him. And that's great. But when somebody has offers that as a defense, usually my retort is, okay, so how long? Do we, are we putting them on, you know, paternity leave for like two weeks, a month? What are we going to do here? Like, you know, it, whenever somebody, whenever I hear like the excuse, well, it's like, well, there's this, well, it, you know, it's, it's, here's excuse A, here's excuse B. Okay. You want to say that him becoming a new dad is an excuse for poor play. I will agree with you if you agree that, okay, well, let's put a time frame on this. When when is it okay that 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 we can now criticize him without that being used an excuse? You know what I mean? Right. I just I just get tired of of hearing that argument, and I get it. They're all human beings. They all have lives. I totally understand that. I've you know you, you see guys that some days they're the friendliest people, most outgoing. They will sign literally anything you want them if you ask. They'll take twenty photos with you, whatever you need. And then there's other days they just they're turned off. They don't want to be bothered by anything because they're having a bad day. So, look, they're all human. Yeah. But my whole deal is, I'm just so many. I just see so many of the defenders, and they all point at that that run between like the beginning of November, uh, December last season up until he got injured in Arizona in mid January, and it was it was a remarkable run that like 20 games or whatever. So okay, well. What's the excuse now? Like, where is that run? How come we're not having that run again? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, I mean, a dude is putting up points, but, you know, I'm, I'm watching the Ottawa game, and it's like literally every time the puck went past a Sharks goalie, Eric Carlson was right there. And, well, I'm not and-, say- and again, now let me put it out. I'm not saying every goal is only Eric Carlson's <laughs> fault. Are you sure? I, are you sure? <laughs> yeah, because we, because honestly, I I so appreciate the people that take the time to to listen to us whatsoever. But then sometimes I see some of the comments, and I'm going, I'm looking at a couple of the comments, and I'm like, did they even listen to what I said? And it's like, oh no, they heard what I said, but they also heard more than what I said, or they took it to a different place. So it's like I feel like I have to constantly explain myself far more than I should. Because people just are filled with assumptions. Well, and and let me let me uh, let me make a quick point here, and then we can move on to something else. So, uh, a lot of people are talking about Brent Burns and Eric Carlson having awful plus minus, and I mean and Vlasic right, and Vlasic yes, and Kevin right? LeBanc. Okay. <laughs> right, rightfully so. I mean, plus minus is kind of a stupid stat, but it's still a decent indicator of where you're at, right? But it's too now. I'm not saying that it's expected that they have such a poor plus minus, but I'm saying when you have the most ice time, it's definitely amplified. Yes, Eric Carlson is minus 11 right now, but he also averages 26 minutes a night. Now, Mm -hmm. let's flip that around really quick. Mario Ferraro is minus four right now, but he only averages 15 minutes a night. So if you say, okay, Ferraro, you're going to play 10 more minutes per night— do you think his plus minus is going to stay at minus four given where the team as a whole is? Probably not. 
No, no, so, and I think that's a great way to explain that. And I, I'm not saying it's an excuse for him to play like crap, but I'm just saying when you're on the ice the most, you're going to get most of the stats. See, but the average fan doesn't think about that. What the average fan thinks of well, is, is okay, look, I see that Carlson made this mistake and this mistake and this mistake, or or Burns did that starfish defensive thing and and he made a mistake, <laughs> or he, you know, there was some mistake by made made by those guys. When Ferraro makes a mistake, what's the excuse? It's well, he's a rookie. You and know? even then, I haven't seen Ferraro make very many mistakes. Oh, I haven't. Neither have I. And and then but like he, Tim Heed, he, Tim Heed, I don't think he's been on the ice for a goal against this entire season. Now, granted, he's secret he's, weapon. Yeah, yeah, no, right. Now, granted, he's averaging like what four and a half minutes of ice time somewhere in that neighborhood. But the fact of the matter is, he still hasn't been on the ice for a goal against. Yeah, but the other thing too is that when you look at guys like Ferraro and Heed, this you sit there and go, okay, that's that's fine. And the and again, why aren't we bitching about them? Because Heed and Ferraro aren't making eight to ten million dollars. And right. so they expect them to be a much better defenseman that produces much more. If Eric Carlson was making $5 million, I guarantee you he doesn't catch half the crap that he does on social See, media. I, You know what, though? Unfortunately, I think, unfortunately, if let's, let's flip it around. What if Eric Carlson was plus 11 and he was putting up like John Carlson numbers right now, which if you don't know, John Carlson, the defenseman, leads the league in scoring let's say Eric Carlson's plus 11 and putting up John Carlson numbers, I guarantee you people are going to still bitch about how much he makes and how Pavelski didn't oh, come back. Oh, I see. I would disagree with you on that. I know I'll, I wouldn't be, I I'll wouldn't be uh, talking about Eric Carlson at all. If he you know, if he was leading the team right now in points and, you know, and, and not again with the whole plus minus argument or not argument, but the, the point that you had made about, well, when you're playing damn near half the game, of course, certain numbers are going to be affected. I'm just, if he's leading the team in points and it's like, goddamn right. Cause he's leading the team in salary. Like mm-hmm. that, you know, makes sense. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> you, you mentioned the average fan. I want to know what the informed <laughs> fan thinks. <laughs> the informed fan <laughs> believes that the last time the Jumbotron was replaced was 2007. That's <laughs> what the informed fan believes. Uh, that's where we're going? Hashtag confirmed by the president. <laughs> <laughs> hashtag, hashtag stop crying. Ugh. <laughs> oh, let's, let's just end that there. Uh, just... I, I, underst- I understand, though. I, I, too, sometimes can be in denial when it comes to facts. So <clears throat> I'm... <sighs> I'm just I'm I'm at this uh, I don't you know and a lot of this is born from frustration. You, you you look at this team on paper, you would think that they wouldn't be where they are, but I still I think we need to go back and okay, it's twelve games, and and again, that's the other uh, argument that I hear when people are kind of a little upset about where this team is. Hey, it's only. It's only eight games. It's only 10 games. It's only 12 games. And so that's why I my response is, okay, so what game is it where they continue to still play like this and look like this? At what game for you is it okay that, okay, now you can reach for the panic button? You know what I mean? Yeah. I. Uh... Uh, you know, is it 20 <laughs> games? 
Is it 15? Is it 25? Like, just give me a number and then we'll go with that. Yeah. I, 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 when you bring up that, I, I think back to, I think back to 2015 when the sharks, you know, sold off those guys at the trade deadline, but the goal was still to make the playoffs. And I'm like, "Uh, are you sure? Oh (laughs) my God. And then how much did we hear about the three game series or not series, but the three consecutive games that they had played against top teams that they had won. It's like, well, we beat LA and we beat Anaheim and we beat Chicago. And then yep. what happened? Well, yeah, <laughs> you and- didn't win a game. And you know, that that was at the end of January. And I think you won one game in February and it wasn't even at home. I remember a couple things to totally get on another subject. A couple things I remember from that. Number one, uh, the Sharks were in eighth place in the in the Western Conference and lost the Stadium Series game to fall to ninth place, and they never made it back to the playoff uh, security. Number two, yep. you mentioned that that awful February. I remember that I was at one of I think the last game that of February that was at home, and uh, somebody who may or may not have had a few too many cocktails. Um, Knocked over a trash can uh, in frustration. So I'm glad we're not serious. Yes. True story. I was going down the stairs because I was like everybody else. I was pissed. I'm like, this game sucks. I'm going home. And so I'm going downstairs and homeboy clearly had too many, you know, too many Colorado Kool-Aids and was like, you know, God damn it. And like shoved a trash can and left. And Look, I, was like, I oh. apologized. All right. How many times? <laughs> I'm, no, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not like to get, to get back on track. I'm not saying that's where we are, but I'm just saying, I, I feel like I could see, you know, like how soon before we're, we're, it's only 30 games. We're not even halfway there. Like uh, how soon before that becomes the conversation point. It, it, thank you. That's exactly. So it's like, when do we get to that point? And then once we reach that point, <laughs> St. So, Louis was in last place oh, on January third. Here we go. <laughs> so you, you're exactly making the point. It's like, when can we? You know, when is it? Twenty games? You know, is that when we can say, you know, all right, something needs to be done now? Again, and I I pointed this out. You know. During in, in an article that I wrote during the offseason for TealtownUSA.com, shameless plug, and I put in that that there were five things to look out for. It was, can Jones bounce back? Will Vlasic bounce back? How do the Sharks replace Pavelski, Donskoy, Nyquist? But bottom of the list, probably should have been the top, was Eric Carlson. Will we see the Eric Carlson from last December through mid January or, you know, like what's going to happen Let, and everything will be magnified and there will be a white hot focus on him because of the contract. And that's proven out so far, but Wilson made his bed and now he has to lie in it. And Wilson, for the most part, you can't argue with his playoff success with the exception of not winning. a cup but you can't deny that you know that haven't they gone to like the playoffs more than anybody else except for like maybe detroit in the last 15 years yeah in the last in the last 15 years they've gone every year but once yeah and detroit has actually in the last 15 years i think the sharks have gone to the playoffs the most times because detroit's missed the playoffs the last uh two years yeah so so Exactly. Pittsburgh so, and Anaheim might have something to say about that, but I think, meh. I think, yeah, I think San Jose has been to the playoffs the most times in the last fifteen years. 
Yeah. So when you know if if you're now and take into account if you're the owner of a hockey club, do you want your team to win one year the whole th- win the whole shebang one year, and then have a couple you know well we were in now we're uh, you know they blow a couple uh, one rounds and you're out, and then two three seasons miss the playoffs then you come back and you do a round you're out. The next year you do a second. Basically, I'm saying, would you rather be San Jose or Dallas? I'll, I'll, I'll say this: if the Sharks won, if the Sharks won the Cup this year, they could miss the playoffs every year remaining on Vlasic's contract, and you could freaking quote me on that. Oh yeah, no, I completely agree with you. But I'm saying, if you're an owner, you oh. know, you're looking at the bottom line. Do you want to go to the playoffs every year and, you know, guarantee a damn near guaranteed one round, usually two, and you get all that recurring revenue when prices mm-hmm. go up and everything like that? Do, you know, would you rather that or would you just rather win the championship one year? I'm just talking about from a purely financial perspective. So I would probably take the, the like, what, five consecutive first round exits from a financial perspective. What? Because you're saying you're saying, would you rather blow it out and win a cup once, or would I'm you say, rather like? Yeah, no, I'm saying like over the course of 15 years, here's your options. Yeah, win the cup on your first year, right? Uh huh. Then the next year, playoff like first round, you're out. Next three years, miss the playoffs. Year after that, first round, you're out. Year after that, second round, you're out. Year after that, miss the playoffs. You, mm-hmm. you know, like. Over 15 years, half of the time you miss the playoffs. Out of the remaining half, you're bounced. Out of the remaining half, half of that, you're bounced in the first round. Right. Or, you know, would you rather over 15 years, every year you go to the playoffs and typically you go beyond the first round? Yeah, I think from a financial perspective, obviously that's better because. You know, and money... that's my point is I don't for all the people that are saying fire Wilson, I don't think it's going to happen based on that. Well, can you tell me what Doug Wilson has done wrong? Signed Eric Carlson to eight years for ninety two <laughs> million the, dollars. Shut the hell up. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But, you know, but that was a great retort. No, hundred <laughs> percent. But like, you know, like it or not, Doug Wilson has done everything in his power to make this team a Stanley Cup champion. Like he you can't say has. that he hasn't. Oh, Dude. we need to be we need to be better on defense. Let's bring in a defenseman. Oh, we need to score more goals. Let's bring in a guy who scores goals. Antiniemi can't stop a beach ball. Let's get a goalie. Gets a goalie. Like he's done everything, you know. And and I get it. And I'll I'll say you know fourteen fifteen. I was in the trenches with Fire Wilson and you know all that stuff. Me and you know me and all those fun people. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> but you know what. Grand scheme of things, he's done a hell of a job. He's probably one of the best general managers this century. I mean, obviously, yeah. like, you know, and unfortunately, and AJ and I talk about this all the time, but cash is king, right? And if you're if you're an owner and you got to think about it like this, once the regular season is over, you don't make any more money. So if you're in the playoffs selling tickets to minimum two games and beer to AJ and french fries to me and everybody's buying jerseys and you're giving out bracelets and doing all these things like you'll take that extra coin oh yeah 
Now, Stanley Cup is obviously the number one goal. It should be for everybody. And if that's not the goal, then you shouldn't be working in sports or hockey, rather. But at the same time, if if you're going to say, would you like a lot of money right now or a little bit of money for the next two decades? Mm -hmm. It's tough. Well, yeah, no, it's it, 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 it. It's funny you say that. It's literally almost like the lottery thing where it's like, do you want the lump payout? (laughs) <laughs> you know, do you, do you want to win, you know, for, for argument's sake, where we will give you 20 or like, I'll give you $2 million. No, that, that, that wouldn't work out, but it's like, you know, you know what I'm saying? It's like, I will give you $5 million right now, or I will give you a million dollars a year for the next 20 years. What are you going to take? Yeah. Sign me the hell up for that second one. Exactly. <laughs> and so I think that's kind of like where the sharks are at either way. This is, um, you know, I, I don't put it on Wilson. I, I You made a lot of great points with that where it's like he's addressed the Sharks' needs, but it makes me wonder because we've seen Doug Wilson change his M.O. Used to, you know, before, Doug Wilson of old, never a deal longer than five years. And it was, he, he just, he seemed to have a different focus and that seems mm-hmm. to have changed a lot. And, and what's funny is he addressed... Or he over these last few years, he's essentially addressed one of the things that I used to bitch about long ago, where it was kind of like, you know, show me the last time the Sharks sent a defenseman to the All Star game. Mm-hmm. You know, it was something like that. Like we don't have that keep it. We didn't have back in the day. We didn't have that Chris Pronger guy. We didn't have that Scott Niedermeyer guy. We didn't have the Nicholas Lidstrom guy. Like where is that guy? And now we have two of them, and mm-hmm. we suck. so that's yeah it's just oh my god this is just so maddening and so it just you know it you look at all the like you were saying all the blockbusters that he's won the thornton deal the burns deal all the all these blockbuster moves even the Kane deal right uh the jones getting jones yeah like Uh, didn't give up a whole lot for that. I mean, a first rounder, but how high was that going to be when you, I mean, they went to the cup. <laughs> yeah. That, that was literally pick number 29. Yeah. So it's like, what, you know, that's almost like having the first pick of the second round. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's, yeah, you really that didn't perspective. It's a good gamble. Yeah. And so, and, and you looked at what Jones had done at that point. That was a, a solid gamble. Now, granted Jones of last year, not great what he's done so far he had you know he put together a couple of good games calgary and carolina but he still needs to find that consistency i just i it just makes me wonder you know it, it's like being at the craps table doug wilson has hit the point almost every time and it's like i wonder if the carlson deal is what he craps out on Well, it depends on how good of a crafts player Doug Wilson is, you know, if if uh, if he's like me, you know, and uh, wins up enough money so that he can put what he brought to the table in his pocket as a little some funny money, then, uh, you know, yeah, he whatever. Might be, he might be playing the come and he should have been playing the go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, but we, could, we could be here with a lot of the all. All that said, I mean, we've been talking for the last hour. A lot of good conversation. I feel like people are going to be kind of bummed out, maybe. But I, I still think this. I think this team is another level. 
Like I would hope so. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, mean it, like you. Ours... I mean, dude, Timo Meyer. Hello, that kid's got to find his game. We haven't seen Couture. I mean, unless he was berating other players, we haven't heard from him much. No I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But uh, <laughs> but I mean, Couture. It seems like that line. Just well, and let's be honest, it's not really a line, it's a pairing. We all know that DeBoer loves his pairs. It's all you know, Hurdle Kane, Couture Meyer, and then whoever we can glom on to the side there. And for the longest yeah. time it was Thornton Sorensen. So my, my question for the Sharks Facebook Marlo, oh, where's your hero now, huh? Yeah, we haven't heard from Marlo in, where's, in a while. Where's hot your hero now? <laughs> <laughs> this is what you wanted? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, the, honestly, you know, the, like the guys that I see the most consistency from right now, unfortunately, are Gambrell and Ferraro. <laughs> Which, I mean, at, on... And Carlson, any, Melker Carlson. Uh, yeah, I but mean, I mean, if it's any consolation, wouldn't you want your young guys to play well? <laughs> oh, yeah, of course. But it's, it's, so it just makes you wonder, like, when, the, when the, the vets, if you will, find their game... Uh, you know, or at least everybody starts playing on the same page. I don't know. We just, we saw four games this week. I saw a lot of times where the defense were letting the opponent get behind them. Right. Let them put them in bad situations. Now, granted, are there a couple shots here and there that Jones and Dell need to come up with on a save? Absolutely. Uh, Conversely, on the other hand of that, the Sharks are losing the shot on goal clock. They're losing the five-on-five five battles. When you're not getting enough rubber on the other end, that's not Jones and Dell's fault. Hey, what? you know what? Some, some guys don't like rubber on their end, though. <laughs> hey, now. Hey, now. That was just for you, Rocket. want you to know it. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, losing the five-on-five five battle, that's not on the goalies. You know what no. I mean? You're giving up five goals. Well, obviously you gave up a goal, so it's a little bit on the goalies, but you get my point was that if you're giving up five, but you're only scoring one five on five, that's you can't put all of that on Jones and Dell. Well, and, and it's like, does do, does your goalie score goals? Only if he's named Nabokov and plays in Vancouver. Right. But that's what I'm saying is like, yes, your goalie should stop a puck, but you should also score goals. Yeah, you got to help the guy out. You know, and and again, it all comes down. We we can invoke a little Brody. In fact, that'll be the last thing I talk about, and then we'll get out of here. Uh, Brody with his hashtag two or fewer. You know, you look at the last six games here. In the last six games, the Sharks have let in four or more goals. <laughs> Start that hashtag, <laughs> right? Oh no, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Uh, I mean, in their losses. So we got one, two, three, a four to five, a six. Okay, all but one loss, they've let in four more goals. Okay? <laughs> so it's, you can't, uh, and then finally, speaking of uh, Brody, look, I, everybody knows I love Brody. I think he is awesome, and I'm, I'm not saying uh, anything disparaging about him, and I would, I would straight up ask him this to his face. Uh, but regarding Brody, Scott Hannon, and Curtis Brown, and maybe it's just me, maybe I'm, again, like I mentioned earlier about when you see something on Twitter that isn't really there, but you disp- decide to respond to what you think you see, this is kind of the similar case for me. Is And maybe and so this is why I want to ask you before we're done. Do you feel like it feels like the pregame guys are pumping the tires a little much over the last, last couple of games? 
hundred percent. They, they were doing it last year too, which is why I stopped watching pregame and Twitter mission because I couldn't hang with it. Like to get into it, like Martin Jones was the biggest, one of the biggest problems in the first half of last season. But uh, according to, you know, the Comcast guys, like he could do no wrong. Like he was God himself. And I, I got really sick of it. And so that's why I stopped watching. And I would love to go back and watch because I think those guys are hilarious and they're very smart guys. Yeah, but and great th- chemistry. Oh, 100%. Curtis Brown is a hoot. But, <laughs> like, but I, I just, <clears throat> I, I hate. I think it says that on his business card, too. Curtis Brown, <laughs> a hoot. <laughs> like, I, I just, and, and I don't really know why this is the case because, like, obviously, Randy and Bakes and Hetty, they work for the Sharks, and the Sharks say, okay, Comcast, these are our guys. But, like, Brody and Curtis and, and Scott Hannon, like, those guys are working for Comcast. So they don't. They don't. Half. They don't get a check from the sharks, but you have to uh, believe oh, that I the mean, sharks definitely have a. You know, there's a, probably influence, but yeah. I mean, they. You know, they say, well, you know, I'm going to talk about what, you know, what my boss wants to talk about, right? You know, and I, I just don't know where it's coming from, and I, I don't, I don't know. I am unsure. <laughs> well, I, like it's there is definitely to answer your question there is definitely some tire pumping and I don't like it because like the truth hurts but the truth is still the best thing out there. Yeah, and it and it it, it feels I don't know it, and it was just a vibe that I'd been getting kind of recently where it just it starts to feel a little disingenuous or you just I don't know maybe don't take their analysis as seriously as you would if you actually heard some criticism on occasion. I've heard uh, over this last four or five games, uh, Jamie Baker is kind of laid in. I love Jamie Baker. I love Jamie Baker. As do I. And I've heard him lay in a little bit of criticism. But to me, it all harkens back to what Drew Remenda told us is, how do you expect me to have any credibility in my praise if I'm never allowed to honestly critique them? Yeah. And that's, I, I don't know. And it's just something that I would like to see change. Uh, it just feels like every time, you know, like the game versus Ottawa, like they, the, the Sharks, um, you know, I'm sorry, it's been so many games. It's, it's, my head has been spinning, but the, the Sharks allow the first goal not in the first five minutes it was six and a half minutes but it was close (laughs) (laughs) but the sharks get it back on a power play but then they allow ottawa to outscore them after that four to one but at the end of the second period and the score is four to two and the sharks allow a goal with less than a minute left and instead of saying, you know, talking about, boy, you know, that's one you can't have happen to you. You can't do that. And I think, if I remember correctly, like the Sharks have let in a goal in the last minute of the second period for like the last three games. Uh, mm-hmm. Somebody fact check me on that. Leave a comment. It's... It'll probably be the only thing commented on in this video. But um, AJ was just wrong on that. Okay, I get mm-hmm. it. I get it. It's okay. Take it down a level. But. I, I look at them come back from just a horrible period. Take into account, you're playing the worst team in the NHL. This should be a walk for you. You had a day off. You got your ass kicked by Toronto. This game should have been like, okay, this is where we're going to start putting things together. The, these are the things we're going to focus on. Instead, what happened? They came in, line blender, 
full-on frappe. This is going to be the first time we ever see Joe Thornton on the wing. Fantastic. This will solve all of our problems. <laughs> you know, we're going to put Dell in because Dell looked great against Montreal. That'll be another thing that helps us. Like, they tried to do all these things, and then they got the crap kicked out of them. And after two periods, they come back, and, like, the first thing they say is, boy, that LeBanc goal was fantastic. Yeah. It's kind of like, I understand. You you want to put a positive spin on it, but the, in, even when I see them take questions during Twitter mission – You'll somebody will sit there and go. We'll talk about uh, you know what, like what somebody isn't doing correctly. Like it seems like Jones is, uh, you know, he's over committing on plays. He's coming out too far of his net, or he's doing something like that. And the response isn't always, yeah, um, on you know on certain plays he will overcommit. Like they won't sit there and try to figure it out. It's always like, uh. Well, that may be what you think, but let's talk about what he's doing right. And it's like, dude, you don't have to put a silver lining on every single thing. Sometimes, a, you know, a, sometimes a shit show is just a shit show. You can put all the polish in the world on a turd, still a turd. What I've found, and not necessarily with those guys specifically, more just generally speaking, people yeah. in people in those positions, like media positions, whether you you cover the game on like an intermission pregame postgame kind of thing or you're a rinkside reporter or an analyst or a twitterer like <laughs> twitterer like no, they're told to pump those, the pump tires. I get it. No, but what I'm saying is those people who are in those positions have a problem with regular people being smart. Oh, uh, yeah. like I like now, I'm not gonna. I'm I not going to say that like I'm not going to say that I'm the smartest person in the world, but I generally think I know what I'm talking about. Oh, I'm a straight up moron. <laughs> but when somebody is pissing on me and they try to tell me it's rain, I know better. Well, and and that's the thing. Like I, you know, like I said, I like to think I generally know what I'm talking about. And when somebody says, "Oh, you've never played the game, so you don't know what it's like," or "You don't have a job doing this, so you don't know what it's like." Bull shit because <laughs> oh i'm telling I, you man Dude. i've never played sure i've never played in the ahl or the nhl or any hl leagues but i've played hockey before i've watched a lot of hockey i've dabbled in a little bit of coaching i know what the fuck i'm talking about <laughs> i've never made a movie i can tell you which ones suck <laughs> <laughs> exactly <laughs> exactly, exactly. Oh, man. that's just my that's just my rant is like you know just because you have a job talking about hockey doesn't mean you're the smartest person out there yeah and and again like all these comments are not specific you know specifically towards no, not at all towards brody or brownie or hannon or anybody else who does pre-post and and all that stuff it's it, i don't know i just felt a little uh i don't know set off over the last mm -hmm. couple of days just because i think i after you know, you've won one game in your last four and you, the, the stats bear it out. You suck right now, unless you're playing on the power play. You know, if you're playing special teams, oh my God, this, this team, they would already be engraving their names on the cup, but that's not how the game is played. And so I think it, I would, it would just be refreshing to hear them call it out a little more honestly. That's I just, mm. and, and then again, that's not that's that goes for everybody. That's across the board when you hear, you know, obviously not the national guys, but you know, when when you listen to the home or away feed for certain teams, of course there's going to be some bias here and there, but 
God, do I, you know, I really miss the days sometimes of hearing Drew Remenda straight up call out a guy. Like, what the hell are you doing right there? Imagine what he would have said about LeBanc and Meyer after the overtime game versus Buffalo. Oh, yeah, he would have, he probably would have exploded. It probably would have been like a Ray Ratto 2.0 kind of thing. Uh, yeah, exactly. Well, and then even that, you know what? Great point as well when we're talking about this. At least, you know, Ratto, you might not respect his hockey <laughs> hockey well, acumen some days, but <laughs> at least he, you know, would once in a while be, well, it, and see that now that I'm thinking about it, it's kind of a hard, uh, example to use just because his whole shtick is to be the the curmudgeon to be the contrarian to the you know the sky is falling all the time but there were a few times that yeah they were you know they were supposed to be world beaters at one point and they were sucking and Ratto just you know threw every everything to the wind and, and said look if you're so great win the game <laughs> that was the whole thing and I feel like that's where we're at right now it's like Hey, the $30 million defense, two Norris Trophy winners, Couture, Hurdle, Kane, Joe Thornton, Patty Marlowe, Timo Meyer, Kevin LeBanc. If you're so great, go win the effing game. Why you suck? Yeah, let, let's just say Ray Ratto has me blocked on Twitter, and there's a reason. Oh, uh, you and me both. <laughs> <laughs> let's not start about Tim Tom Kawakami. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, What's so- Oh, go ahead. To, to put a bow on everything, it's why I it's why I like Logan Couture as the captain of this team. Like with the way that he talked about LeBanc and Meyer in the media, it was definitely eye opening. Like he was not afraid to speak his mind, and of course, it's it's a good feeling knowing that he talked to them first. It was like, hey, that yeah. was BS what you did, and if they ask about it, I'm gonna say it was BS. Like it's cool that he told them, but well, I you totally- can see the there was video that it showed. Afterwards, when they were all kind of like waiting, because if you remember, you know, the 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 goal that happened in overtime, came, you know, happened just after Timo and Meyer and or uh, Timo and Meyer uh, after Meyer and LeBanc came off and Couture uh-huh. and Thornton were trying to jump out there to prevent that that shot from happening. And then you saw Couture as he was coming back to the bench, like staring at LeBanc and Couture and like barking at him a little bit just in that moment before he even, yeah. you know, they talked about it in the dressing and, room. But go ahead. And I and I like I like that too, the way that he he said the truth, because like like you said, how are you supposed what did you say? How are you supposed to grade someone's praises if they can't criticize or however you phrased that? hundred mm-hmm. percent. Because it, and and I I liked Joe Thornton as a captain. But there were times where when he would say, oh, we got a lot of good guys in the room and we just need to work hard. And like that was the end of it. And I'm like, I feel like I just got fed a crap sandwich. Like, yep. like, tell me what's wrong. Tell me what you as the captain are going to do to make this team better. And so far, Couture has done that. And I super appreciate it. And I like it because I, I'm the type of person, both hockey and real life, what relationships, work, whatever. If the truth sucks so much, still tell it to me. Yeah. Be direct. Uh, I mean, and that's the thing with, uh, that was one of the reasons I love Dan Boyle, some of yeah. his post games. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, you know, and then finally uh, with that, we should also, in, in to put a bow on that, if you follow Evander Kane on Instagram. Ooh, yeah, I saw that. Ooh, man. Tw- tweeting out a photo of him at dinner with Meyer, with LeBanc, all of them holding up a glass of wine, and it was like, cheers to hashtag good line changes. 
Ouch. And see, and there's part of me that sits there and goes, I'm not sure if that's kind of a dig or if they're kind of like making fun of it where like they don't really care. You know what I mean? Like it, it, I can see why people would be able to see that from both ways. Like it's like, oh, you're making fun of the screw up that you made that led to a loss. Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm just saying I can see it from both ways. Yeah, I can I can see it. Like I said, I can see it on one perspective where it's like where you have to make fun of yourself and own up to your crap. Exactly. But then I see I, I could also see it. Unfortunately, I could see it on the other hand where it's like, oh, yeah, F you, cooch. We're going to keep doing it how we want to do uh-huh. it. You know, yeah. I don't think I don't think it's like that. No, because... I don't. But I can see people seeing it that way. Yeah, I mean, if you want to know more, you can go on to uh, facebook.com slash sin. I was like, sharks. <laughs> oh, here since 2007. <laughs> and with that... Are, I, I don't know. Are you sure? It, Facebook I, only formed a few you years You know what? Ago. On this one, I can say, I am sure. <laughs> I don't know. I think Facebook only formed a few years ago. Hashtag confirmed. <laughs> Uh, so with that, thanks for tuning in, everybody. This has been episode 78, and of course we ran too long because that's the way we roll here. We'll try to get these down to a tight 45, but hey, rub a lamp, people. We'll get it down to a tight 45 when the Sharks can roll a tight 60. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> Cash me outside. Hockey Jerk, where can they find you? Uh, they can find me on Twitter, uh, at Hockey underscore Jerk. And one more thing real quick. The last time Montreal beat San Jose in San Jose was November of 1999. I was almost five. So, yes, I was born. Boom. (laughs) Mic drop right there. (laughs) If I didn't have care and concern for sound equipment, I would drop my microphone. Hey, now. I am AJ underscore strong on the Twitter and the social media garbage that Landy likes to say. Social media like Instagram, Twitter, all those things. Yes. That's where you can find me. As always, do us a favor. Hit the subscribe button. Follow us on those social media platforms at Teal Town USA. Follow the website, tealtownusa.com. And hey, check out our Twitter. We are throwing up the pregame reports there now as well as on Instagram. So check all those out. As always, go live after every single game with After Dark. And that is it, kids. <sighs> Rocket, we miss you. That's 78 in the books. We will see you all next week. This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts.